Making everyone happy on vacation isn't easy, but you know what is? Going to Aruba. All you have to do is walk out your door to find pristine pools, relaxing white sand beaches, and an island teeming with outdoor activities that'll put a smile on any face. You won't just feel great, you'll all feel great, filled with a calmer, more peaceful vibe that radiates Aruba's warmth. And the best part is, it never fades. That's the Aruba effect. Plan your family trip at aruba.com. Your morning starts now. It's the Q102 Jeff and Jen podcast. Brought to you by CBG Airport. Start your trip at cbgairport.com. All right, here's something else to add to the never-ending list of things that millennials have killed. Millennials get blamed for everything. I know. Uh, The latest thing that millennials have taken out is American cheese. What, is it too plain and boring for them? They're into all the fancier cheeses? Um, No, and I'm kind of with millennials on this. You know, I tolerate it when it comes on a sandwich. On a cheeseburger? Yeah, but it's not, I don't love it because to me, it's just, it's not cheese. Why do we call it cheese if it isn't? It's cheese food. Isn't that what it says on the pr- on the packaging? It's it's processed a, cheese. It's food? processed, right? It's stuffed with preservatives. It's colored bright orange. It's created in a lab, and American cheese sales are projected to go down another one point six percent this year, which is the fourth straight year that they drop. And the average price is down below four dollars a pound for the first time since two thousand eleven. And a lot of the fast food restaurants are giving up on it. Uh, Wendy's is now offering Asiago. Uh, Panera Bread took it out of its grilled cheese. Um, even McDonald's is using a version of American cheese that doesn't have any artificial preservatives. And a lot of places will give you the option like you could get a slice of white cheddar instead, which I just think tastes better, too. So what's changed? Well, first of all, people, especially millennials, they're moving away from processed foods. And American cheese is one of the most processed. And second, fancier and better cheeses are now way more available than they used to be. And the prices are decent, so people are gravitating toward those. I forget who I was talking to, but it might have been chiropractor. Dr. David Point. It might have been him. Um, But he was saying that... Most cheeses are white, so if if it is orange, that there's something that was put in it that shouldn't that be shouldn't there. be there. Yeah, absolutely true. Oh, that's interesting. Mm-hmm. And I, well, I because never I like like the Colby or like the marble, and I think that's like the mixture of the white cheddar and the American cheddar. But mm. now that you mention it, I'm wondering if that's the processed part. So American cheese is still doing good overall as a whole, but the style American cheese is not doing good. You know what else he says? What? Your diet and lifestyle either cause disease or prevent it. That's why I'm drinking black coffee. <laughs> Ignore the bag of Snickers that I've I got ate sugar this week. in mine, so trouble right here. Uh, what else? Skittles. Nothing says good business idea like trying to make your product taste as repulsive as possible, but Skittles just announced that they're going to be coming out with a new zombie pack. Oh, very fun. Zombie flavored Skittles. I just bought a new flavor of Skittle the other day. Uh, it's in the yellow pack, and it's called the Bright Side, and it has really fun flavors like watermelon kiwi, banana lemon. This will have flavors like melon, black cherry, and... Rotten zombie. Mm-mm. 
Yes, a few of the candies in the pack will have a rotten zombie flavor. Uh, weirdly enough, they're actually not rushing these out for Halloween. They say they're not going to come out until Halloween of next year, but they just wanted you to know that they're in the works. And do you remember a few years back when Burger King, they sold a burger with a black bun for Halloween, but mm-hmm. the coloring turned people's poop green? <laughs> yeah. And people were freaking out, wondering, oh my God, what's the matter with me? Yeah. Burger King, uh, I guess, did not learn their lesson because they just started selling a frozen Fanta scary black cherry slushy for Halloween. And based on early reports, it is messing with people's poop again. <laughs> Of course it is. According to social media, so far the coloring in the uh, they have in the slushy has turned people's poop black, blue, and green. So <laughs> beware of that if you plan on ordering it. And a new survey for Halloween found that more than sixty percent of us think we've seen a ghost before, and forty percent of us believe our pet has seen one. Oh yeah. Women are 20% more likely to say that they've seen a ghost than men. Mm-hmm. But men were twice as likely to say they screamed and ran away when they saw one. <laughs> That's funny. Interestingly enough, though, ghosts did not make the list of our top fears. If you really want to know what our, what our fear, the thing... Always feel confident on your second date. With help from the Plastic Surgery Group. Schedule a consultation at 513-791-4440 or at theplasticsurgerygroup.com. Surgery has an art. I'm Bradley Trainer, And I'm Don McClain. We have a podcast called Blinded by the Item. A blind item is gossip about a celebrity with their name left out. It's a guessing game and you can play along. The item might be like, this A-list star carries a Birkin bag worth more than the average person's house to the gym to work out. Pretty sure that's J-Lo. And P.S. The person behind all of this is Chris Jenner, LLC. We drop a new episode every weekday so the fun never ends. Blinded by the Item. Listen wherever you get podcasts and watch us on the Blinded by the Item YouTube channel. That we're really afraid of. Public speaking was number one forever and ever and ever. Is that still at the top of the list? No, it's dropped to number six. Oh, wow. People are getting... Nice. Yeah, rejection was number 10. I'll work my way backwards toward number one. Rejection was number 10. Sure. Uh, Coming in at number nine, tight spaces. (sighs) Yeah, I'm a little claustrophobic. Number eight, bees. Uh, Number seven, failure. Yeah. Number six, public speaking. Heights. Drowning. Mm Mm-hmm. Sharks was number three, especially with all these shark attacks that we've seen off of some pretty shallow coastlines of both the east and west coasts. Yeah. Spiders came in at number two. (laughs) And the number one thing that we as Americans are afraid of the most. It's not public speaking. It's got to be death, right? Death. Bad Wi-Fi. It's not death. (laughs) Death isn't even in the top ten? Wow. Nope. It's not bad Wi-Fi, although I experienced that, and I put that in the top five. <laughs> the answer is snakes. Oh, agreed. I'd, I'd rather hold a basket of snakes than give a, a comparative speech in a 
college classroom. Oh, really? And you're that's interesting. I know it's weird. I did a um I posted a story earlier this week on our Q and O two Facebook page I'd, I shared from Fox nineteen and it was asking like what was like in the tri state, what were the biggest fears? And Indiana, death, the fear of death, because mm-hmm. that made me think of it. And then in Ohio, it was the fear of driving. Like th- these are like Google searches or too. whatever. And Kentucky, the number one fear was commitment. Hmm. <laughs> it was the number one. That's most funny. Th- like it was like joining a relationship, the fear of joining a relationship or the fear of getting married. And it's called like, I can't remember phobia, but whatever. What That's about funny. you guys? What's like your couple top things that you're really scared of? For Fearing me? Fearing alive. <laughs> Buried alive? <laughs> Is there a chance of that happening? Well, no. I just, you know, <laughs> when you go to the whole death thing, didn't say it. Ne- this never said this had to be rational fear. Oh. That was not a disclaimer at the beginning of this. Uh, my biggest fear is suffering. Anybody, su- I'm not, af- I am way more afraid of suffering than I am of, I'm not afraid of dying. In other words, you but want to be taken out quick. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't want me or anybody I love to suffer. Right. Or anybody, period. Sure. Even people I don't like very much. Yeah. I, you know, I just, I suffering, I, and mm. definitely animals. Oh, God. What's yours, Jeff? Um, public speaking. You don't like delivering a speech? Um, well, let me rephrase that. It's public speaking and not being prepared. If I'm prepared, I'm fine with it. But people assume that because we work on the radio that we're natural public speakers. And that's not necessarily true. Mm-hmm. It's a lot easier for me to sit in here with you guys and you know talk to tens of thousands of people and not think twice about it. But if you put me in a room with more than 10 people... I feel incredibly self-conscious. And then they would go to you like, Jeff, what are your thoughts on it? And that's when you feel uncomfortable to talk? or if No, say- if I have to address a crowd. Okay. If I'm prepared, I'm fine with it. But if I have to just sort of, like that thing that we did, that, that panel discussion we had, I felt a lot of pressure leading up before. And In I think Orlando you kind of did we too. Yeah, that Orlando thing that we did. Well, it was more of just kind of... <laughs> We no. worked to prepare, so we felt better about it. We had a but leading idea. up, we were kind of freaking out there for a little bit, saying, "Do you know what we're doing? I don't know what we're doing. What are we doing?" What did yeah? Because what we what we originally thought was going to be the topic of discussion kind of morphed into when we agreed to do it. Kind of morphed into what we something felt was else. something different, and it's like, are right. we really the best people to speak to that? Yeah, and, and I, you know, I think that was that's more when long. I started feeling are anxiety. Gonna, yeah, are we really experts in that area? Right, like area number one. Okay, we can handle, but this other. <laughs> the following week, I was moderating a panel. And that was the easiest thing ever because I just had to ask the questions. There was no pressure on me. Right. Yeah. Yeah. What about you, Tim? Your biggest fear? Open water, financial ruin, (laughs) and hospitals. I like that you've written all these down. Hospitals. Hospitals. Mine all have to do with death, like dying young, not being able to watch Penelope grow up or not Mm -hmm. being a part of her life, like dying young. Or my biggest one is the the fear of dying, like dying alone. Like I'm just there and I'm by myself and no one's around. Oh, see, Whether I'm I like, be old or young or whatever, like I just want to be. The Hallmark Channel's on really loud. With people or something. That's where you and I, I'm like the dog that goes running into the woods. Like I don't want to be around anybody. You know how they, they just go. I don't want anybody to see me like that. Right. 
not me. I want to be holding your hand like I'm with you. I want somebody being there with me. Mm. Weird, I know. Mm. So you don't want to die alone. Jen doesn't want to suffer. You better hope I'm around when your times come. Oh, yes, because I'm sure you would be such a comforting presence. You're going to be in the woods by yourself. That's what you just said. That's when I'm dying. (laughs) I mean, you think you're going to outlive us? It Maybe. is funny, though, man, as parents, that is such a, I mean, oh, my God, you know, are they going to have everything that I, yes, that and they my parents, need, like, And your happen? parents dying, like, that's kind of, I'm kind of afraid of that, too. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. living without a parent is just, I can't, I can't even imagine a world without it. You know what I mean? Mm. And then on the fear of failure, I always kind of felt that, too, sort of in a way, because I was like. You know, what if I fail? Like, I don't have a safety net. You know, I don't really have anything to fall back on. So I just removed it as an option. Which is kind of... It's not an option. It kind of is. I mean, when when it's not an option, it's amazing how it changes your behavior and the effort you put into something to make it happen. Well, who who invented the light bulb? Was that... Thomas Edison? Edison? Thomas Edison. You know what he said? He said the thousands or however many hundred... Times that he tried to create the light bulb, but it didn't work. Those weren't failures. Those were successes on how not to make one. There you go. That's one way to look at it. Yeah. And sure enough, I predicted it yesterday. Kristen was uh, watching the Weather Channel any chance she could through Hurricane Michael because she is a weather nerd and uh, loves that. You know, as long as nobody gets hurt, but she loves tracking storms and predicting the weather and uh, she's a huge jim cantori fan on the weather channel isn't he the ding dong that's standing out in the middle of it all the time he gets he and (laughs) one of the many he also he's the guy that got so excited at the uh what is it the the thunder the 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 winter thunder yeah thunder snow thunder snow that's what it was right he's also ripped isn't he the guy that just got like bulging arms yeah he's a big dude Yes, and his head looks so small because his body is so big. Yeah. I I love him, too. I mean, I enjoy watching him. I love his passion for the weather, I think. I mean, that's the guy you want. I think that's the truth, you know, even for the guys here. It's one of the reasons why we love Frank is because he really gets into it, you know? So, uh, anyway, Jim Cantore is out there in the thick of it, Panama City Beach, when Hurricane Michael tore through yesterday, and this guy is dodging flying debris on live television and uh even he thought better of it i tried to get down on the beach with my cameraman but the sand is relentless i mean because hold on guys just give me a second here hey give me that helmet give me the helmet give me the helmet yeah we got it hold this what give me that all right Welcome to live television, everybody. Live television, everybody. Jim Cantori. He's asking for a helmet so he can do his live shot. Yep. And uh, what's his name? Uh, Carrie Sanders was out there from NBC. So I guess the Weather Channel is owned by NBC Universal. So mm-hmm. they're sister companies because they were at the same hotel. And at one point, when Kerry Sanders was doing his uh, thing, his his helmet, which he was wearing, flew off, and he was not able to stand on his own because the wind got so bad, and Jim Cantori had to step in and uh, steady him, move him out of there behind like a 
a big giant pillar so he wouldn't get blown away. That's just another reason why Jim Cantore is such a badass. Hmm. I would never do it. Nope. I I feel like some of the weather guys, as time goes on, the more standing out there, something's going to happen. Like, remember last year or the the last hurricane, there was the truck that toppled over and the cameraman died? Yeah. Remember that? Oh, yeah. And then there was the guy that was, like, fighting the wind. And it was so windy. Mm-hmm. And then there were people walking behind him completely A-OK. Like, yeah. there was no wind. He was faking it. Yeah. Like, with access to everything all the time in our hands, with uh, our phones, I think people are like, can smell BS. Right, right. Easier. And wasn't there a guy, too, in a boat, like in a flooded area? That was a while ago. And a couple ago of guys Katrina. walked behind him, and it was, a, it was like Just a, a foot of water. Yeah. <laughs> that was in uh, New Orleans. Is that where that one was? Yeah. Yeah. This is Jim Cantori getting excited about <laughs> thunder snow. Oh, yes! 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 We got it, baby! We got it! We got it! Woo! Now, that's a guy who loves weather. <laughs> it is. That's hilarious. I just love some of the things that come out of his mouth. Dude, I'm telling you, we're we're just getting, honestly, for for lack of a better analogy, we are getting absolutely puked on right now. When was the last time you got that excited about anything? I know. (laughs) I don't think I've ever been that excited about anything. I mean, I got pretty excited over the new Kids on the Block tour announcement the other day, but I, you know, I didn't go screaming and yelling about it. Maybe you, I you didn't should've. scream and yell like this? Oh, yes! 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 We got it, baby! We got it! We got it! Woo! Woo! We got it! Yes! Listen to that! Listen to that! Oh, baby! That's the right stuff right there! I like when a grown man turns into a woo girl, though. That's awesome. Woo! Well... And listen, Hurricane Michael, you know, this was a serious Category 4 hurricane. It was uh, wreaking havoc on Florida. And some satellite images of the hurricane actually made it look like there was a skull in the center of the satellite image. Did you see that? Mm -hmm. No. It was weird looking. I have to pull it up. Yeah, honestly, it, it looked like just like a demon skull with flaming red eyes. Really? Yeah. Oh yeah, skull. Look at that. <gasps> I am so posting this. Isn't that Look crazy? At that. A skull. Yeah. In Hurricane Michael. I mean, obviously, it's just a coincidence from how the colors look on the map. Don't I... act like you can't see it, Tim. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, I see a bunny rabbit. You do not. <laughs> this is not one of those shows. Oh. Wow. Yeah. I'm gonna post a pic on our Jeff and Jen Facebook page. Right. You be the judge. Anyway, Kerry Sanders is like this, you know, middle-aged kind of short guy, and he's, you know, a little pudgy around the middle, and mm-hmm. uh, you just see, like, Jim Cantore with his massive arms kind of swoop him up and mm-hmm. carry him out of there to safety. And he was wearing a helmet, I think, at that point. But you know what, though? I do, I mean, I yeah, okay, it's stupid that some of these guys put themselves in that kind of danger, but a guy like Jim Cantori, he lives for that. He wants to be out there. He's bringing it to you live. Why not? It's Down. his thing. It's his thing. He yeah. knows what the risks are. Well, it's just like the crocodile hunter. You know, you would watch him and go, what kind 
of idiot. Mm-hmm. Lunatic. Yeah, raving lunatic goes and does that kind of stuff. And it was, uh, I mean, it was his end. Yeah. And at the same time, you look at it and you're like, that's what he loved doing. He was paying, and you know, you'll hear his family say he died loving, you know, doing what he loved doing. Right. May we all be that passionate about something. Yeah. Bear Gryllis. That's another guy I think of. Oh, gosh, for sure. Alien anything. Yeah. That's what I, I'm like, he's going to have to pass away from something intestinal because of this stuff. I mean, he's drinking his own urine in the desert. He's going to get some sort of bacterial something. Yes, for sure. Yeah, something's going to get him. I found the carcass of a dead camel. I've (laughs) inverted its skin and I'm sleeping inside of it uh, during a a cold cold desert night. And that's after he ate the poo from the camel that he found. Yeah, that's not a guy who's going to pass away from natural causes. Mm -mm. (laughs) Yeah. Or maybe he will because he is eating all this weird stuff. Like, what's going to take him down if none of this stuff has so far? Right. Hmm. There was a there was a famous comedian that my grandparents loved. His name was George Burns, and he's you know from like the golden age of radio. So you know he's long gone, but the guy was ninety nine years old, I think, when he passed away. And and he was he was known for his trademark cigar. He had these round sort of Coke bottle glasses, I guess. And he was this cute, adorable, dirty little old man. Yeah, he, he was always surrounded by beautiful women. Right. And I just remember when he passed away at the age of ninety nine. Uh, they said, "Oh my God, George Burns just died." Well, you know, he smoked those cigars. <laughs> He was a heavy smoker. He was 99. <laughs> Those cigars finally caught up to him. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Driving stick is an art form. Would you agree? Can anybody yes. in here drive a stick? It's been a while, but I used to be able to. I used I would to. Yeah. I would drive it to save pretty. your life. Like if you were like, I, I wouldn't want to do it every day, but. Yeah. We, uh, I worked at a radio station where we were giving away a car. And for an entire month, I was doing live broadcasts at different malls in the area. And I was to drive this car that we were giving away to each of these malls. Some as far as an hour, an hour and a half away. Wow. And the first broadcast I was supposed to do that day, they delivered the car to the station and it was a stick. Mm. And I hadn't driven one in probably 10 years. And I wasn't good at it when I originally had done it. So that was the big joke. We're giving you a car. But you may need a whole new engine <laughs> gearbox. Uh, yeah, because it was ugly. <laughs> it was bad. It's amazing. I never wrecked it. Don't you think there's something sexy about watching a man drive a stick? There's something fun about it. I yeah. mean, it does. It feels like you're in a race car. Yeah. And you're, like my boyfriend has a like a Jeep Wrangler that's like a fun Jeep, mm-hmm. and it's a stick shift. And I just something about when he's driving it is just super hot. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of people, though, have no interest in learning how to drive a stick because, according to this new study by CarMax, less than 4% of the cars we buy today even have a stick. That's down 27%. That's down from 27% back in 1995. In fact, the only two cities in the entire country where at least 6% of the cars have stick shifts, 6%, that's it. Everything else they drive. Yeah. And that's the highest percentage. El Paso, Texas, and Do- Dothan, Alabama. Everywhere else, we're going automatic. 
Hmm. I wonder what it is about El Paso, Texas and Dothan, Alabama. I don't know. How are you supposed to talk on your cell phone and drive a stick at the same time? And eat food. That's right. A lot <laughs> going on. <laughs> so no matter what your views are, a new survey found that most of us agree on one thing, and that is the constant bickering about politics and how how much of a drag it is. 87% of people said they think this is the most divided the United States has been in their lifetime. And nine, so almost nine in 10 people agree with that. Mm-hmm. Uh, the good news is most of us think we can get through this. 77% of people said they think we can still overcome our differences and come together as a country. And I agree with that, too, because when you look at the political divisiveness of 1968, when you look at the the protests and the riots at the Democratic National Convention, the scandal of Watergate, how this country does have a tendency to sort of wear itself out after all the divisiveness and sort of come together, and all it takes is one peacemaker to do it. And they're usually usually not politicians. That's how Mm. we should come together is not listen to them. (laughs) Sometimes it's not. Sometimes it is. Here are three more stats that do make it seem more possible than you think. Only 14% of Americans, you know, when you talk about the extreme left, you talk about the extreme right, the truth is only 14% of Americans fall into either category. And they seem to get the most attention in the media. And we got to take the blame because we're the ones giving it to them. 8% are extremely liberal. 6% consider themselves extremely conservative. But everyone else kind of falls somewhere in the middle. Mm -hmm. But a lot of the opinions we see on television and online, they come from that polarizing 14%. And that makes it feel like it's the whole country. It does. And it's the most polarizing that gets the attention. It makes for compelling television. Here's another thing you got to consider. Most of us don't disagree on everything. Uh, For example, 82% of Americans polled said, yeah, you know what? We, We do have a serious problem with racism. It still exists in this country. And we still need to deal with it. 82% of people agree on that. 80% of people, though, also agree that political correctness has gotten out of control. So don't assume that every opinion someone has fits the left or the right stereotype. There's a lot of overlap. Two-thirds of us think that compromise is necessary. At the end of the day, it's the only way we're going to get anything done. And when you remove the extreme people on both the left and the right, more than half of voters think that both parties are responsible for how divided we, we've become. Thanks for listening to the Q102 Jeff and Jen Morning Show Podcast, brought to you by CBG Airport. Start your trip at CBGAirport.com.